You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Your host for Heart Matters is Dr. Jack Lewin, Chief Executive Officer of the American College of Cardiology. What is the role of new delivery systems and models focusing on integrated team approaches to patient care as we approach healthcare reform? How can cardiologists and our internal medicine colleagues work together to promote the patient-centered medical home as an efficient strategy for reducing costs and improving quality of care? Our guest is Dr. John Tooker, Executive Vice President and CEO of the American College of Physicians in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome, Dr. Tooker. Thank you, Jack. It's a pleasure to be here. John, you and I have worked a lot on this topic and worked together quite a bit on it, but for our listeners, why don't you discuss, if you would, you know, the roles of the new primary and specialty delivery models in healthcare reform and how they may change practice. Right. Well, for years, we've been accustomed to a primary care practices, usually general internal medicine, family medicine, and pediatrics, relating to other specialty communities such as surgery, but also to our subspecialties within internal medicine such as cardiology. We're learning that as our patients age, that they are acquiring more and more chronic illnesses that require a lot of care coordination. So with this in mind, the notion of the patient-centered medical home has been developed. And although it usually applies to primary care physicians, it may also apply to other specialties and to subspecialists who wish to operate a medical home. There are four key components of a patient-centered medical home, the first of which is uh, first contact, meaning that the patient, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, has a single contact if they need to access medical care. Secondly, the care is continuous, meaning that once you are a patient in a patient-centered medical home, then that is your home as long as you wish to participate. The third is that the care is comprehensive, meaning that within reason that most of the conditions that a general physician or a specialist physician would be expected to treat uh, a would be provided for within the medical home. And fourth and uh, very important is the care coordination, a understanding that as patients age that they see more and more physicians, they have many more encounters with the healthcare system and require assistance in managing their care through that system. Now, the patient at a medical home is not limited just to primary care or to those specialists or subspecialists who wish to operate one, but it also calls calls to mind uh, the necessity of relating to the entire medical community through which a patient may go, including other specialties and certainly institutions such as a hospital. Yeah, so you're really talking about reorganizing care in many communities around better coordination for patients. You know, when we think about these new models in the patient-centered medical home, do you think these are nice new options, or are these essential to creating better functioning healthcare system as we go forward? That's a good question, Jack. In my opinion, these new models are essential in that the current models of care while they provided great services, are not viable over the longer term, both in producing the quality of care that we would like to provide, 
understanding that in the patient-centered medical home, one of the key attributes is the demonstration of the quality of care provided, but also we are facing this mountain of health care costs, and we must deliver care more efficiently. And that will require the integration of care, including the patient-centered medical home services uh, within the medical community. There now is ample evidence that where integration of care in the patient-centered medical home environment takes place, uh, that there are improvements of quality and reductions of costs. Very importantly, though, are the personal benefits to patients in which they will have less exposures over time to acute and urgent care because of the quality of the preventive care that they are getting. Uh, you know, the uh, American College of Physicians represents general internal medicine, but you also represent a variety of subspecialty physician practices like the cardiologists and the members of the ACC. So how do you see the best integration in the medical model when you're dealing with specialty and subspecialty practices? Who's the receiving practice for the medical home? How does it work, actually, for the patient? Well, I think, uh, Jack, that that is something that, one, the patient needs to play a major role in, but also the relationship between the principal physicians caring for that patient. And by principal, I mean the physicians who would be most responsible for the major illnesses of that patient. So it doesn't necessarily mean that a primary care physician is going to be operating the patient-centered medical home. If a patient has a primarily vascular and cardiovascular diseases, it may be very appropriate for a cardiologist to be the locus of care for that patient with the understanding that the practice assumes responsibility for the coordination of care of that patient wherever that patient goes. And, of course, this then calls into question what the reimbursement model is for the care that is provided. And I think we're all aware that although we continue to have a fee-for-service model and that in the pilots and demonstration projects for the medical home, that there is also a care coordination fee for each patient. In many sectors, there's a pay-for-performance payment that ultimately we're going to be moving toward a payment system in which those who are providing the care are going to be held accountable for the costs of the care provided. And it might be, if we're able to do the pilot demonstration project, something like an accountable care organization where there's a relatively fixed sum of money to provide the care, and that money will be distributed throughout the accountable care organization with the understanding that those providers will be accountable for the care provided. It's going to require a lot of integration, meaning a timely communication and cooperation between all of the parties caring for patients. I like to think about it from the point of view of the patient. How do they perceive their journey through the healthcare system? And once I do, it makes it easier to think about how those who are providing the care should be organizing it for that patient. Yeah, I think that's right. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Jack Lewin. Our guest is Dr. John Tooker, Executive Vice President and CEO of the American College of Physicians in Philadelphia. We're discussing the patient-centered medical home and how different delivery models are being included in discussions on health reform. And John, you recently just touched on the idea that the payment system has to change as well in the new model out there. So, you know, there are a lot of projects 
with the medical home already underway. What are the lessons learned and what do you see from these projects? What do you see in terms of best practices and some opportunities for replication? Thus far, Jack, uh, we're still operating under a fee-for-service model. So where the opportunities seem to be best uh, understood are where there is an established cooperative agreement between and among those who are providing care for a patient and supposing a patient sees multiple different uh, physicians. Where the models seem to be working best is where there is already integration and you can look at integrated health systems uh, such as an HMO like Group Health at Puget Sound where there's already an established relationship between the physicians say, within the Group Health Cooperative. So they have a common understanding when they see a patient coming from another part of the cooperative of what the expectations of care are. And they're all in one big payment model with, uh, you know, they're all under, you know, either capitated or a bundled payment formula too, which makes it a whole lot easier. Exactly. It's like, how do you do this when you get out of that integrated system, you know, how would payment work for doctors participating in a medical home model in a community that isn't integrated, for example? Yes, and the last point I would make about those who are already integrated is that they have a common approach to seeing that their contributions contribute to the profitability of the organization. Once you move out of that model into what is most common, a more fragmented delivery of care, that is yet to be worked out. And as you and I have been learning in the healthcare reform debate, that we are likely going to be moving to models of care in which there is a sum of money to be provided for the care and, the, and those are going to be accountable. So we have to develop the organizational capabilities of accountable care organizations to understand what that really means, and that is now in its infancy. Well, you know, you and I have been big, big promoters of health information technology even when nobody was listening to us. What do you think about health information technology in this patient-centered medical home model? Is it a nice thing, or is that going to be absolutely essential? I mean, what do you see in terms of the importance there? Absolutely essential. And it is absolutely essential all the way from the B2B or back office business practices that we're accustomed to thinking about. But increasingly, and the American College of Cardiology has played the lead in this, to building in the accountabilities for quality improvement within a practice. And that means then that the practice needs to have the ability to acquire, manage, and report information from the practice. And you can do that through increasingly sophisticated registries in which you have a firm understanding of the patients within your practice and sufficient information to satisfy the quality measures, say, for that practice. Now, unfortunately, in the United States, the adoption rate for health information technology is still relatively low compared to some of our counterparts in Europe. But with the high-tech provisions in the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009, there is now a large incentive for practices and institutions such as hospitals to acquire health information technology. But we still have a long ways to go to the point where we have real health information exchange in an interoperable way understanding that our patients are very mobile now and that they need to be able to have information flow from wherever they are to the next place where they receive their care. But clearly, that trend is on an upward swing now, and I'm optimistic that over time that we are going to get there. We're slowly getting there. You know, I think you would agree with me that one of the most critical problem areas today, it's not just a handoff of patients from the hospital to the community 
where we do have a lot of problems. We have a lot of people bouncing back and preventable readmissions. But I think that we've lost something outside of the integrated systems in terms of the connection with the primary care doctors and the specialty doctors so that, you know, people are managing patients together in a good fashion. I do believe that that's going to be so critical here in this model, particularly for those who aren't in the integrated model, to build a new expectation that the specialists and the primary care doctors working with the patient figure out a way to communicate back and forth better about what they're doing so that everybody's kind of in the same loop when the patient bounces in or out of the hospital or into a crisis. Any ideas or good models out there that you see in the non-integrated communities that will help help us uh, move in the right direction for improving primary specialty communication? Certainly, Jack, is uh, growing attention to what happens to patients when they are discharged uh, from hospitals. There are recent Medicare data, as you know, that about 20% of Medicare patients are readmitted within 30 days of a discharge from a hospital, and that about 50% of those patients uh, will not have seen their primary care practice uh, before they go back into a hospital. That's assuming they have one in the first place. So with that awareness, there is big cost implications uh, because hospital care, while very important, is also quite expensive. And it's also quite difficult for patients to have unnecessary hospitalizations. So the pressures are definitely mounting for increased accountability of the institutions who are discharging patients, but also accountability in a patient-centered day model of care to be ready to receive those patients. And it's, a lot of this is not difficult. The most common error, of course, is ordinary medication reconciliation, that when patients leave the hospital on different medications they went in with, that, that information is not communicated well, oftentimes to the patient, but certainly to the practice that they are going to. So there are now a lot of work in building in accountability measures for hospitals on discharge to take responsibility to make sure that those patients get to where they need to go. And again, that will be a feature within a community of an accountable care organization in which all of the players uh, who are providing that care will be accountable for their portion of the care. Yeah, you know, I think uh, ACP and ACC and others are are ready to move ahead, even if Congress isn't, to try to get some of this stuff done. So, John, it's really always a great pleasure talking with you. This has been very informative. We've been discussing the patient-centered medical home and the role of new delivery models in healthcare reform with Dr. John Tooker. John, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Jack. Take care. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast of this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.